0: Welcome to the Sincerely Mere podcast, the podcast taking a Christ-centered approach to holistic health, along with a focus on slow, conscious living, and of course, cultivating nourishing, sustainable habits for you and your family. Today I am joined by Ariel De Martinez. Uh, Maybe you've heard of her, maybe you haven't. Um, But she is an herbalist who teaches women all about, you know, herbal hair care, um, herbal medicine, um, essential oil education, all kinds of things. I actually use her page as a resource quite often. Um, She's all self-taught, which I think is really um, admirable uh, because it just it takes a lot of work to self-educate yourself on things. Um, it's possible, you know, I'm, I've done it with many, many things. I know many other people who have also done it with a lot of different things. Um, but it's still, you know, it is very time consuming. Uh, it's, you you have to use a lot of discernment, all of that stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, today in our episode, we talk about, um, the no shampoo method a little bit. Uh, which if you're not familiar with that, it's basically exactly how it sounds, no shampoo. And instead using apple cider vinegar as a rinse, um, using Rasool clay as a hair mask, and then using different types of herbs to nourish your hair. Um, And I've been doing this method for a long time, months and months. um, And my hair looks amazing. (laughs) It has never looked amazing in my whole life um, up until I started doing this. And anyway, you guys are really going to love this. She gives lots of information on that. And then, of course, we talk about essential oils uh, and how they are not maybe as safe as we are led to believe. Uh, But again, she gets all into that, so I'm not going to ruin it. (laughs) Uh, With that, here is Ariel. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, Ariel, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Um, for starters, did you want to introduce yourself and share a little bit about you?
1: Yeah. So my name is Ariel de Martinez. Um, I live part time in the U.S. and the other part time I spend in the Dominican Republic, where my son or where my husband is from. <laughs> and I um, and we're a family of four, and we. Um, I have two daughters and I used to be a hairdresser and when my first daughter was born close to five years ago we just kind of had like a reckoning moment where it was just kind of really clear to me that it was time to break free of some of the systems that I was a part of and I started learning about herbalism and I quit my job and now I work full-time as an herbalist, running my own apothecary, and I teach women how to care for their hair without using harmful chemicals, even like without using natural shampoos and conditioners, but just products like straight from the earth, like clay and plants and flowers. And yeah, here we are.
0: Yeah, that is great. And you're all you're completely self-taught, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you were the one who turned me on to the apple cider vinegar hair rinse, you know, the rasool Mm -hmm. clay, all that. So Mm -hmm. I need to thank you because my hair has never been better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I hear it all the time. I Uh really feel like this is how our hair is supposed to be taken care of.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, Okay. So uh, I guess you sort of touched on this, but what got you specifically interested in herbs and then like other holistic
1: alternatives? Yeah. So when my daughter was born, we had a pretty traumatic birth experience in the hospital. Okay. And, um, that was like, kind of, to be honest, my first like foray into the system was my pregnancy. And I kind of just went into it because I was like, oh, this is what you do. You know, like I kind of been brought up pretty holistic minded. My mom never really took us to the doctor. We did a lot of natural remedies, not really necessarily like herb- what I would consider like herbalism, but natural remedies or like, you know, um, drinking a lot of tea when we're sick, you know, stuff like that. And then um, when I got pregnant, I just like, whatever you're supposed to do, you call and make an appointment with an OBGYN. And Mm -hmm. then I realized I wanted to go more of a natural route. So I switched to a midwife and I still ended up having like a terrible birth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I realized in that moment when, you know, they had my daughter on my chest for the first time after C-section that like The only one who can take care of us is me, right? I'm the one who has our best interest in heart. I'm the one who, um, you know, I'm the one who cares about her more than anything in the world. And I don't want to put myself back in a situation where I have to depend on people to, you know, have my best interest at heart when like they just don't. Mm -hmm. So I started like a sovereign motherhood journey and wanted to collect as much information as I could. Um, so that when, if something did come up, I was able to handle it at home. And so I just started studying herbalism and my daughter was sick a lot in the early eight days. Like i like every three to four weeks, she would get sick, which sucked. Um, mm-hmm. And it was weird because she wasn't like in daycare or anything, but she was just constantly getting sick
0: mm-hmm. and it was
1: really hard and frustrating. And everyone around me was like yeah ibuprofen tylenol you know and that didn't resonate and so yeah. I just learned really quickly like what family herbalism looked like in our home and about a year later I started making my own products for like my friends and family and then I started selling them and now here we are today.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay awesome um, and then on your page you talk a lot like you're probably the main voice that people go to as far as essential oils and the dangers that those pose to our bodies. Um, What made you stumble on that? Did you ever experiment with those yourself or did you just find it before you dabbled in it?
1: Well, a little bit of both. Actually, I think I got caught like right at the perfect minute because I would have been like prime territory for like a multi-level marketing woman to come in and scoop me up under her wing. And I would have a completely different account right now, you know? Yep. Um, But I, I had been given like a, like a chest salve for my daughter that had, you know, like all the essential oils in it or whatever. And I was using it. And luckily I had a friend who said like, Hey, just a heads up. I don't think you want to use this. Here's like an article, um, you know, oh. and so she sent me a couple articles about essential oils and how they're like not, you know, as safe as people think they are. They're not really a natural alternative and um And I was so grateful that she'd sent me that. And so that really spurred me even more because like, even in the industry behind the chair, I was working in, you know, all of our natural alternatives for scents were essential oils. All the natural hair care products were made with essential oils. I mean, every single freaking natural baby Mm -hmm. item has lavender ego in it, you know, Mm -hmm. so Um, I hadn't, you know, I think I, somebody gave me like a diffuser and a bottle of lavender, but I never used it, you know, Um, but yeah, so then it was pretty easy for me to just be like, okay, no, this isn't something I want to do. Um, but what was shocking to me because I didn't have any stake in the game, right? Like it was easy for me to be like, okay, cool. This isn't what I want to do was how many women and mothers were so natural minded take using essential oils in every like route of wellness. And they were really resistant to it. Like, to me, I was like, Oh, you don't know essential oils are bad. You know, like I would want to know, you know, and they were like, no, they're not like, how dare you? You know? And then I realized like, Oh, this is a lot more, this is a lot more touchy. This is a lot more sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, This requires more like knowledge here. And so then I really dove deep Mm -hmm. and like found a lot of, um, found a lot of research that's, you know, pretty new, Um, newer research is coming out every day um, about the harms of essential oils, because we, you know, there's plenty of research showing that they work, right, that they work for, and they work and have medicinal quality, Um, but it's not until recently that we were just inundated with them in every realm of like the natural beauty world, wellness world, all of that. And we were using them, we're exposed to them a lot more. So now the studies are coming out showing that like, yes, they work, but also here's how they can harm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So yeah, that was kind of where I, where I learned a lot of that.
0: Yeah. I was a young living girl for like two years, I would say, but that, that is what got me Into like the natural space, I guess. So, I mean, there was that, but the amount of times that I like would just lather it all over myself, I just cringe about it
1: now. Well, and like, it makes sense, right? It's, it's a false power, but it's still a sense of power where when you're looking for footing outside of a system, or you're looking for a better alternative, here comes this perfectly curated kit for you. And you don't know any different, of course, it's going to feel and it's going to feel good, you're going to feel like you're doing good for your family, you're going to feel like you're doing something right, you know, and it does like, whether it's anything you know but when you're treating a family member with a natural remedy and it works there's something that feels really good and like free about that mm-hmm. um and i think that's where that resistance comes from yeah cuz um, it's
0: worked for so many they can't mm-hmm. let it go you know all of that so
1: yeah.
0: yeah um okay so if you have anything else to add go ahead otherwise we can jump into audience questions
1: mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if the essential oil thing is interesting to more people who want to find out more, I do have like all those resources, um, gathered into a free guide on my website. That's really easy to find. So we could link that I'm sure.
0: Sure. Yep. Yep. I'll, I'll get that link. Um, okay. So first question, I have a stash of essential oils. Are they still detrimental if I diffuse them rather than put them on my skin?
1: Yes this is probably the most commonly asked question I get about essential oils um, because people understand like, okay, I shouldn't use them as medicine, but you know, I want my house to smell good. What are my options? And um, unfortunately, yeah, the answer is they are still harmful because um, diffusing essential oils is still a form of using them as medicine while we know it or not. So like steam inhalation is a is a natural remedy. Um, it's a way to get, uh, it's a way to use, it's a delivery system using steam and water vapor is a delivery system to get, uh, plant constituents into our body really quickly. Um, a really easy way of like talking about this or like considering this is like by like smoking a cigarette or like a vape, you know, like Mm -hmm. that gets like a pretty quick instant hit. Um, and a simpler way is um, if anyone's parents ever, you know, when you're sick and you're little, they've made like a steam pot full of herbs and made you breathe them in, you know, or like a eucalyptus steam when you're in a, in a steam room or, um, you know, getting a facial and you're getting like, you know, a scented mist of vapor. That's, that's, those are medicinal qualities that you're breathing in. Now, the problem is that when you're taking essential oils on their own, And they're not considered in like the whole plant container, um, you're getting a lot more of the essential oil than you would when you're coming across the plant in nature. And so it's even just a one drop of essential oil is equivalent to a lot, a lot of plants. So, like if you're diffusing one drop of lavender oil, that might be the equivalent of you boil, like it having coming across like a pound of lavender and breathing all of that in. You probably wouldn't feel very good, you know, after doing that. Um, And also, so this lavender essential oil or any essential oil is responsible for the antimicrobial quality of the plant. And so when you're breathing in antimicrobial um, oils, what you're doing is you're actually wiping out all of the good microbes in your body um, that are going through your mucous membranes. So you're breathing it in through your mouth, you're breathing it in through your nose, that's going into your lungs. So you're essentially you know, basically hitting your whole respiratory tract with a dose of vaporized antibiotics. And, um, yeah, your mucous membranes are the front line of pathogen defense of your immune system. So that's how we come into control with pretty much any pathogen, right? Um, they come and go through our mucous membranes, whether we're breathing in something, we're eating something that's not good for us. Um, you know, we're getting germs on our hands and then they're getting into our body through our mouth or, you know, um, or how they're getting out. Like if you're thinking about like blowing your nose when you're sick or coughing up congestion, um, Mm -hmm. even like itchy runny eyes, you know, those are all like mucus membrane coming and going. And so it's really important to have your, you know, those, those have their own unique microbiomes that are primed to actually keep pathogens out or fight them before they get deeper into our system. And so what you're doing when you compromise that by breathing in, you know, essential oils that are being diffused in the air is you're actually allowing pathogens to get further into the body where they can cause more harm. Awesome. That was a great answer. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay. So, well, okay. Essential, Essential oil alternatives for the home and then she's asking about your thoughts on incense and hydrosols. Yeah,
1: so I mean it kind of depends on like what what you're using your essential oils for around the home obviously. Um it sounds like she's wanting to get a scent alternative because she's talking about incense. And this is a common question too, like if I can't diffuse essential oils, what can I do? Um, and that brings up like a whole nother conversation, um, which is like, what's our relationship to scent and what does smelling good mean? Um, you know, does your, is it, why, why do you want your house to have a scent? Like, do you not like the way that it naturally smells? And if that's the case, like, what can you do to get it to actually like have a naturally good scent versus covering that scent up with something else? And if, or if you just want your house to smell good, but it just smells fine, you're just not comfortable with nothing, like explore that a little bit. Why don't you like that? Why aren't you comfortable with the scent? Um, realizing that scent is addictive, like scent mm-hmm. activates receptors in your brain, um, you know, similar to like drug using drugs. And so um, once we realize that and we realize that we're addicted to scent, I think it's a little bit easier to let it go. Um, you know, some alternatives for, to make the scent in your house naturally better would be to get air cleaning plants, um, open a window and let fresh air in, um, doing a simmer pot on the stove. My assistant, Alex, who works for me, calls them stove potions. She just puts like a couple herbs in a pot and just simmers them and lets, you know, the natural plant, um, come through so that those are all great options. Um, But hydrosols are great. You can diffuse hydrosols or use them as a room spray if you want. Um, They're not really, they're more, a lot more of a subtle scent, so they don't linger, um, but they can be nice. And then incense is not something that I would do all the time, but it is an option. It, um, you just have to be careful of the incense because you know you can buy incense for 99 cents at the gas station right. and it probably has essential oils and natural fragrance in it. Um but like if you're burning like resin, like if you buy like good quality sustainably harvested frankincense resin and you're burning that on like a charcoal disc for example, that can be nice and have its own purification properties. Um but as it is to not wanna be around a bonfire every night, you also don't wanna be inhaling the smoke of incense all the time. So that you kind of have to use with your discretion. And I think it's interesting to recognize that in spiritual context, when people burn incense, they usually, um, there's usually like a rule to open the window um to leave a window open when you are like using like a smoke stick of herbs in the house or um you know burning Mm -hmm. incense for purification purposes and I think it's important because it gets that smoke out so like you know encouraging Mm -hmm. good airflow when you're doing it and stuff like that
0: Mm -hmm. um those palo santo sticks Mm -hmm. do you have any of those do you have thoughts (laughs) on those that's like the same concept yeah the window okay
1: yeah so i live when i when we're living in the dominican republic palo santo is like everywhere and it's it's really easy to find those sticks because it's it's a natural resource there and so it's Mm -hmm. like easy to find sustainably harvested good palo and um yeah i use those for like um if we're having like a get together and i want to get like bugs out of my house you know like okay (laughs) i have a lot of flies i'll burn that um but yeah i just leave the window open
0: Sure. Um, yeah, I've definitely noticed just like keeping my house clean. I don't have any issue like with my house smelling a certain way. It's just clean. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's nice. It's nice to know that your house is naturally, smells good and is clean.
0: <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: okay, so moving on to hair care. Tips for curly hair. How often do you do the mask? I'm assuming she means Clay. Kwe.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, or do
0: you just do the apple cider vinegar rinse.
1: Hmm? Um, this is a little bit more of an individualized question because I don't know, how often do you do a wrestle clay mask on your hair? Uh,
0: once a week, once every two to three weeks. It kind of just varies, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like you no, were saying. I, <laughs>
1: yeah, I do a mask maybe like once every three months, okay. um, but there are some women who have fine hair who have to do a mask every week. They just don't, they can't go more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, So it really depends on the hair. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but if you're, if you've switched from shampoo and conditioner to a clay and apple cider vinegar model, um, once you get through transition, it should be easier to go less and less, but it's always about like experimenting and body literacy and like what works best for you, um. And once you get it down to like you have a good routine where like your hair is consistent, you're you found a good time frame that looks for works for you, then it's fun to experiment a little bit more. Like what happens if I go this long? What happens if I do sooner? What happens if I add more apple cider vinegar or less, you know, stuff like that, and see like, you know, how you're affected that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of tips for curly hair, I um you know, I think what most women with curly hair find is once they get rid of shampoo and conditioner and make it through that transition phase where, um, you know, your oil has naturally kind of coated your whole hair strand, there's really a, it's really great for curly hair because there's very little work, it's very low maintenance. Um, your curls are kind of naturally amplified. Some people who have straight hair find that they have wavier hair um, once they made it through transition or after like six months into using my methods. Um, So there's not like a ton of tips necessarily, but in terms of like styling, I always recommend for people to ditch the regular towel when they're drying their hair and use like a t-shirt or microfiber. Um, That just helps with frizz a lot more um aloe is a really great ally for curly hair so buying some aloe gel from like mountain rose herbs or a place um i think lily of the desert is another popular one Mm -hmm. um that can help a lot with like tangles if you rinse it out it's really nice like conditioner if you um leave it in it's like a hair gel so aloe is another really good ally for curly hair
0: Mm -hmm. um and then just for people who maybe this is like the first time they're hearing this the rasul clay what is that and what is it used for like why do you why do you utilize the rasul clay
1: yeah rasul clay is a cleansing alternative to shampoo um it is not it does not strip the natural oil from your hair like shampoo does um, and so it gives you like a cleanse, a deep, like cleanse and clean feel without actually getting rid of the natural oil. So with shampoo, we strip the natural oil, we kind of take everything off of our hair and then it's like squeaky clean. And then you have to put out, put back what you just took out onto your hair in the form of conditioner, whereas with Russell clay or an another cleansing alternative, you're getting rid of the dirt and grime and excess oil, but you're not necessarily getting rid of all the oil. And so you don't have, your hair is not lacking as much. You don't have to put as much back in. And so you can kind of pretty much neutralize pH with an apple cider vinegar rinse um, just to soften and add shine and you're good to go.
0: Mm -hmm. And you always follow up the clay mask with an apple cider vinegar rinse, never Mm -hmm. just do the mask by itself.
1: Yeah, and for some finer hair types, Some people will tend to say that like the apple cider vinegar feels like it makes them weigh their hair down or it feels sticky. And I usually, that usually means you're using too much apple cider vinegar, if that's you. Um, So that's where you can really experiment with it and like, you know, use less apple cider vinegar, use more, kind of see how your hair reacts from there. And then once you get a good quality on that and you like know what that's like, then you can kind of break the rules a little bit and see what happens. Um, But yeah, if you're going to get started with, apple cider, or if you're going to get started with Russell clay, definitely make sure that you are, um, doing an apple cider vinegar rinse. Otherwise it's not going to go there. It's not going to be a very good transition for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then sort of going off of that, uh, this person's scared to take the no shampoo plunge. <laughs> uh, do you have tips for someone that's, you know, just starting out?
1: Yeah. I mean, just do it when you feel when it feels right. Yeah. Um, if you're someone who washes your hair every day, it's probably not a good idea to jump straight into no poo. So you could start by doing a clay, like alternating. So like shampoo your hair on Monday and then on Wednesday, do a clay mask and then shampoo your hair again on Friday and slowly wean off. Um, you can definitely still play with these products while you shampoo your hair and see what, like how they can benefit, a the lifestyle of someone who shampoos so like the clay mask can be a good scalp detox or just a really good like option for like a clarifying like mask um apple cider vinegar can be really nice like for people who just need a little bit extra or want like to do a treatment You can still use like natural products in your hair while you're still shampooing. So that could be a way to start. And then I think eventually it gets easier and easier once it's demystified to like jump in,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Okay. And then best ways
1: to restore hair health after years of salon dyeing. This one is interesting. So, um, you know, it depends on what the dyeing has been looking like. But in general, once the hair has been colored, the cuticle of the hair never can be closed back down again. And so it's kind of like a direct line to your bloodstream from your hair. Um, And the thing with synthetic hairstyling products, they work really well with silicones and parabens because they fill in those gaps and they smooth that cuticle down. And so you don't really realize how damaged your hair is. And then after what happens when people who go no poo is after a couple of months, they realize like, they're like, I have a lot of split ends. And it's like, those split ends have always been there. We just didn't realize it because we are constantly closing them. Okay. So the only way to get rid of split ends, no matter what any hair care product tells you is to cut them off. Unfortunately, there are like chemical treatments you can do to seal them down for a while, but those are temporary. Um, so yeah, I mean, cutting it is usually the best option. It just kind of like a nice reset. Um, but in the meantime, you can do treatments with, um, like products like coconut milk, um, using a lot of aloe to kind of help seal down that cuticle. Um, even just hydrosols work really nice to kind of mimic that like softness that you get on your ends that you get from like other products. But, um, And then of course, like the inside too, you know, like your diet, eating a diet high in animal fats is really beneficial for hair health. Um, You know, what you put into your body in terms of oils and fats comes out through your hair and skin um, and your body's own sebum. So yeah, just making sure that you're feeding your body high quality foods, you're getting a lot of nutrients. um, Your water has minerals in it, or you're eating a lot of fruit that's rich, has a high amount of water. Um, stuff like that to kind of set yourself up for hair health as best as you can um, mm-hmm. and then that way the damage isn't as like overtaking as it can be if that makes sure. sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep it does. Um, okay and then are there any herbs you shouldn't use on your hair?
1: Um, technically so if you're a blonde especially a highlighted blonde There are some herbs that you should probably stay away from, and those are the herbs that are darker in color or can stain your hair. Um, So on the alternative, if you have gray hair and you want to keep it, this applies to gray hair as well. Um, Plants like sage, green tea, all of those will darken blonde hair. Um, Coffee. On the alternative, if you're gray and you want to cover it up, those are great options to add in to your routine to blend your gray in with your natural hair or if you're a brunette it can help enhance your color um a really good resource for blondes is to look into like natural botanical dyes and see the colors of like look at swatches of different plants and that's going to give you a really good hint of like the tones that your blonde hair could pick up depending on the herb so like um you know, like lavender and eucalyptus, those are like really nice tones for blondes. It's not going to get brassy or anything. It's more of like a violet or like a beige. So like those could be really good. Um, Those could be really nice for blondes, but something like, you know, like a marigold, that's like a really buttery yellow. A lot of blondes are going to want to stay away from that because most blondes I know don't want warm tones in their hair. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, yeah, no, I don't think that there's anything (sighs) you want to necessarily stay away from. I think There might be some that you might not use, um, like if you have really fine hair, you know, some of the like really moisturizing herbs, you might want like aloe is a perfect example. You might not need aloe in your hair, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's not going to be judgmental.
0: Sure. Um, And then just on the flip side, out of curiosity, what are your favorite herbs to use like in your herbal rinses and stuff like that?
1: I really love willow bark in rinses. (laughs) Um, I actually learned this from Carly from under Luna. She, um, I'm sure a lot of people know about her. She has a natural shampoo and conditioner that she is, has, it's a really successful line and she uses willow bark in her, um, shampoo that has for like people with scalp issues and willow bark is really nice because it's a natural source, source of salicylic acid. And so it helps with itching and scalp issues, Um, and so it can just be really soothing for the hair. Um, and it kind of works good on pretty much any hair type, like it's pretty astringent. So you don't have to worry about it weighing the hair down or anything, but for people with scalp issues, willow bark is really nice. Um, I love like the scent combination of like lavender and pine. So I do a lot of lavender Mm -hmm. and pine hair rinses. Um, and then I like, um, what's another one I was using recently? lavender, pine, willow bark, and then sometimes I'll add, like this is kind of like not necessarily an herb, but I like to add like a drizzle of honey to my hair rinses to help Mm -hmm. with moisture. Cool. Yeah, so that's a good one too. Mm -hmm.
0: Awesome. Okay, this one says brushing techniques for styling, and I don't know if you have any input on that or um kind of a vague-ish question I guess
1: brushing techniques for styling so if you're no poo I'm assuming that it's probably someone who doesn't want to use a blow dryer and a brush when they're doing Mm -hmm. their hair
0: okay
1: so if you have any sort of natural wave you can put a little bit of natural wave into your hair like enhance that by twist drawing your hair so just kind of taking the pieces of hair around your face and twirling them away from your face with your finger Mm -hmm. you could also replicate this with a brush so taking a hairbrush or a comb and just kind of like combing it in like a c shape away from your face kind of like you curl a ribbon with a pair of scissors Mm -hmm. and that kind of like shapes the curls better or the natural waves um if you are yeah I love for curly hair, I really like to have curlies brush their hair wet in the shower, um, with like a wet brush or something like that mm-hmm. versus straight hair, like a mixed bristle brush is really nice. Like before you shower, just to kind of help distribute the natural oils, mm-hmm. um, and then another nice, this isn't answering the question, but another nice technique that I think a lot of people forget about is braiding, like braiding the hair is a mm-hmm. really nice way to just add natural wave and body and get some style in a different way without using heat. Um, yeah. And a great way to do that if you're, if someone is worried about like the part lines is to do a zigzag part and mm-hmm. braid the hair that way. Cause then it kind of seamlessly integrates. There's no like straight pieces or like, you know, it's like a right. lot better
0: yeah yeah braiding is my go-to <laughs> um okay and then last question can i use baking soda on my roots
1: no <laughs> of course you can you can do whatever you want um but the ph the what baking soda does to the ph of your hair and scalp it's just too extreme Anytime someone says that they did no poo and their hair broke off i ask if they use baking soda and the answer is always yes oh my goodness um it's just so intense it's not a good idea to to lift the ph of the hair that much even if you are sealing it back down with apple cider vinegar after like it's just it's like the equivalent of like and we you know i see this with um volumizing shampoos like regular ones a lot of volumizing shampoos have a really extreme ph to lift the cuticle of the hair so the hair is bigger and fuller it's like micro damaging it and then after using that shampoo for six months the person who's using it because a lot of times people who need volume have fine hair they're like why is my hair breaking off and I'm like yeah because you've been damaging it not knowing it with this volumizing shampoo so Mm -hmm. baking soda is kind of the same idea I wouldn't do it Rasul clay actually in my opinion not only is it a better alternative like ph wise but it's a lot more cleansing I think it makes the hair feel a lot better um and so that if you if you like baking soda, you're going to love Russell Clay.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. So that's all the questions I have. If you want to go ahead and just share like where we can find you all of your courses, your shop, all that, go ahead. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So pretty much everything is on my website, arieldamartinez.com. And, um, that has my apothecary, um, my courses, my, my PDFs for hair care. Um, I currently have until the end of November, like a no poo one-on-one workshop that's available, um, for anyone who likes like more of a instructional format versus like reading a PDF. But my P I have two PDFs, the no poo method and the sovereign curls that are available all the time. And then, um, I have a course called the wild mother's medicine chest for mothers, kind of like what I wish I would have had starting out as a new mom or just anyone who, you know, is trying to transition away from essential oils or wants to learn more about natural remedies with herbs. Um, it's a really great remedy based course that's on my website as well. And I would recommend, um, getting subscribed to my newsletter because that's the best way to learn about like shop restocks and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then, um, my Instagram is at Ariel DeMartinez. Martinez. So same as my website. And I share a lot of good hair healing and herbal info on there. So
0: mm-hmm. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ariel. This was great.
1: <laughs> thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Everything I mentioned today will be linked in the episode description below. If you would like to keep up with my day-to-day life, you can find me at Sincerely Mirror on Instagram.